Chapters 15 through 20 of the Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers, the Rule of Pacomius at Tabena by Palladius. Chapter 15 of the Gift of Tongues, which Pacomius received. And it came to pass that when the blessed Pacomius was visiting the brethren in their cells and was correcting the thoughts of each of them, he was obligated to visit a certain Roman who was a nobleman of high rank and who knew the Greek language very well. Now, therefore, having come to this great man, so that he might exhort him with words which would be beneficial to him, and might learn the motions of his heart, the blessed man spake unto him in the Egyptian tongue, but the brother did not know what the blessed man said. And because the blessed man did not know how to speak Greek, Rabbah was obligated to call some brother who was able to interpret to each of them the things which were said by the other. Now when the brother came to interpret, the Greek did not wish to declare to Rabbah through others the defects of his heart, and he spoke unto him thus, After God I wish thee and thee alone to know the wickedness of my heart, and I do not desire to declare them unto thee through others, for I do not wish that any man except thee should hear them. And when Rabbah heard these words, he commanded the brother who had come to interpret to depart, and because Rabbah was unable to speak to the Greek brother, the words which he wished to say to him about help and redemption, for he knew nothing whatsoever of the Greek language, he made a sign to him with his hand to remain until he came back to him. Then Rabbah left him and went to pray by himself, and he stretched out his hands towards heaven and prayed to God, saying, O Lord, thou mighty one, who sustainest the universe, if I am not able to benefit the children of men, whom thou dost send unto me from the ends of the earth, because I am not acquainted with their language, what need is there for them to come? But if thou wishest them to be saved here through me, give me, O Lord, thou star of all creation, the power to know their languages, so that I may be able to set their souls in the straight way. And when he had prayed for more than three hours, and had entreated God to grant him this knowledge, suddenly there was sent from heaven into his right hand something which was like unto a letter written on paper. And when he had read it, he learned immediately how to speak all tongues. And he sent up praise to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And he came with great joy to that brother, and began to talk to him both Greek and Latin, with such fluency that when the brother heard him, he saith that Rabba's skill in speaking Greek surpassed that of all the learned men of the day. Then Rabba corrected him, as was right, and appointed him to do the penance which was suitable for his defects. And he committed him to the Lord, and went forth from him. Chapter 15 Of a Certain Holy Man Whose Name Was Yonan, i.e. Jonah, Who Was the Gardener of One of the Monasteries, And of the Wonderful Thing Which Rabba Pacomius Wrought in His Monastery, and it came to pass on the morrow that the blessed man departed to visit the other monasteries, and he arrived at the monastery which is called the Miskianos, and entered therein. Now there was in that monastery a fine large fig tree, which one of the youths was in the habit of climbing up secretly, and he plucked the fruit thereof, and ate it. And when Rabbah had gone in, and had drawn near that fig tree, he saw an unclean spirit sitting in it and he knew straightway that it was the devil of the love of the belly. And the holy man, knowing that it was he who led astray the youths, 
called the gardener, and said unto him, Brother, cut down this fig tree, for it is a stumbling block to those who possess not a well-established mind, and it is not a seeming thing for this tree to be in the middle of the monastery. Now when the gardener, who was called Yanen, heard these words, he was sorely grieved, for he had passed eighty-five years in the monastery, and he had lived therein a pure and honorable life, and by himself he had cared for all the fruit trees therein, and he had planted all the trees that were in the monastery garden. Now until the day of his death he never tasted any of the fruit whatsoever, though all the brethren and the strangers and those who dwelt round about them used to eat their fill in the fruit season. And this brother, dressed in this fashion, he joined three skins of goats together to form a covering for his body, and these were sufficient clothing for him. He did not lay down for himself one kind of bed in the winter season and another in the time of summer. What rest of the body was he knew not because of the press of his labors, for with a ready mind he toiled always. He never ate any cooked food whatsoever, neither did he partake of lentils or of any other food of the same kind. But he lived all the years of his life on plantains only, which he ate with vinegar, and the brethren used to declare positively about him, and say that he did not even know where the hospital was, and that still less did he know what the sick folk ate. And besides all these things, he never so far as we have heard concerning him lay upon his back until the day of his death. But he worked all day long in the garden, and toward sunset he used to take his food and go into his cell and sitting upon a chair which he had in the midst thereof, he would plait ropes until the time for the recital of the service of the night. And in this way it might happen that he was able to snatch a little sleep through the absolute need of his corporal nature, and that he slept whilst he was plaiting the ropes which were in his hands. Now he did not plait these ropes by the light of the lamp, but whilst he was sitting in darkness and reciting the scriptures and he had only one garment of linen, which he used to put on when he was about to partake of the holy and divine mysteries of Christ. And immediately when he had done this, he would take it off and lay it aside, so that he might keep it clean, and it lasted him for eighty-five years. And that blessed old man performed very many other works which deserve praise. But we have not set them down in the book of this history, lest our discourse might become either too long or too full for those faithful ones who believe, and we should cause those who read it to become weary. Now we found out concerning this man of whom we have written these things when he was dead, and he died in an unusual manner, that is to say, he was sitting upon a chair and plaiting ropes, according to his custom, and the ropes were found in his hands when he was dead. And this blessed man did not die suddenly, and so lose any portion of the happiness which was due to his health. But he fell ill, like all other men, and he would not be persuaded to go into the hospital, because he did not wish to be ministered to by any man, as are other sick folk. And he did not want to eat any of the meat which the brethren who were sick were wont to eat. And he would not lie upon his back even when he was sick, and he would not permit anyone to place a cushion for him when he was sitting up, or anything whatsoever which was a little soft, and was able to afford him relief, and no man was standing by him when he died. And he went to his rest 
grasping his rope work in his hands. It was, moreover, a wonderful thing to hear how they buried him, for it was impossible to stretch out his legs, because they had become stiff like logs of wood, and it was impossible to make one hand lie by the side of his body. It was impossible to strip off him the skin garment wherewith he was clothed, and we were therefore obligated to roll him up in cloth like a bundle, and to bury him in that state. To this man came the blessed Pacomius, and told him to cut down this fig tree. And when Yanin heard this, he said unto Rabbah, Nay, O father, for we are accustomed to gather a large crop of fruit from this fig tree for the brethren. Now, although Rabbah was greatly grieved because of this matter, he did not wish to urge the old gardener any further. And he was the more grieved because he knew that Yanin lived a great and a marvelous life and that he was held to be wonderful by many, and by great and small alike. And it came to pass, on the day following, that the fig tree was found to have become withered so completely that not one soft leaf or fruit was found upon it. Now when the blessed man saw these things, he was greatly grieved, not for the sake of the fig tree, but because of his own disobedience. When Rabbah told him to cut down the fig tree, and he did not act according to his word. Chapter 16 Of How Abba Pacomius Would Not Keep Beautiful Buildings The blessed man Pacomius built an oratory in his monastery, and he made pillars for it, and covered the faces thereof with tiles, and he furnished it beautifully, and he was exceedingly pleased with the work, because he had built it well. And when he had come to himself, he declared, through the agency of Satan, that the beauty of the oratory was a thing which would compel a man to admire it and that the building thereof would be praised. Then suddenly he rose up and took ropes, and fastened them around the pillars. And he made a prayer within himself, and commanded the brethren to help him. And they bowed their bodies, and the pillars and the whole construction fell to the ground. And he said to the brethren, Take heed, lest ye strive to ornament the work of your hands overmuch. And take ye the greatest possible care, that the grace of God and his gift may be in the work of each one of you so that the mind may not stumble towards the praises of cunning wickedness, and the calminator may not obtain his prey. Chapter 17 Of how, when on a certain occasion the heretics came to him, he did not yield to them, and of how he let them receive an experience of him by the sign which they asked at his hand. And it came to pass, on a certain occasion, that certain heretical monks, who were in the habit of wearing garments made of hair, and who had heard concerning the blessed Pacomius, rose up and came to his monastery. And they said unto certain monks of Rabbah, Our father has sent us to your Rabbah with a message, saying, If thou art in truth a man of God, and if thou art confident that God will hearken unto you, come hither, and let us walk together across the river on our feet so that every man may know which of us hath more freedom of speech before God than the other. And when the brethren informed Rabbah concerning these things, he was exceedingly angry with them, and said unto them, Why did ye undertake to listen to those who have said these things? Know ye not that requests of this kind are things which are foreign to God, and are wholly alien to our rule? And besides this, they are not even things which are thought well of by men who live in the world. 
for what law of God teaches us to do these things? And moreover, our Redeemer commandeth us to the contrary in the Holy Gospel, saying, Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. St. Matthew 6, 3 For thou thinkest of something which is more wretched than the want of mind, i.e. foolishness, in imagining that I should give up mourning for my sins, or cease to think how I may flee from everlasting punishment, or that even if I were a boy in my thoughts, I could ever come to make such a demand as that. And the brethren answered and said unto him, How is it then that this man, who is a heretic and alien to God, should be so bold as to call upon thee to do this thing? And Rabbah answered and said unto them, He is able to pass over the river as one who traveleth over dry land, through the neglect of God. And the calminator helpeth him, so that his wicked heresy may not be brought to naught, and so that the faith of those who have gone astray may be more finally established by means of works of audacity, which he performeth through him. Get ye out then, and say unto those who have brought such a message as this, Thus saith the man of God, Pacomius, I devote all my strivings and all my anxious care, not that I may pass over the river by walking on the waters thereof, but in trying to flee from the judgment of God, and to escape by the might of the Lord, from such satanic wiles as these. Then having said these things to the brethren, he strictly forbade them to think greatly of their integrity, and to lust after the sight of him walking across the river on the water, and to go with those who pry into such matters as these. And he said, We must not voluntarily follow after such matters as these, and we must not put God to the test by such questions. For concerning the knowledge of events before they happen, he hath commanded us by his holy scriptures, saying, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, saith the Lord. Deuteronomy 6.16 Chapter 18 Of the Question Which a Certain Brother Brought to Him and Its Answer Rabbah was on one occasion asked by a certain brother, who said, Why is it that, before the coming of that devil who vexeth us, we possess the understanding of the mind in a healthy state, and are able to make use of philosophy for the sake of self-denial and humility, and the other virtues, but that when it cometh to us to make manifest in very deed the virtues of philosophy, that is to say, long-suffering in the hour of wrath, and the keeping of the temper in the season of anger, and a frame of mind from which vainglory is absent. And when there are praises ascribed to us, and many other things which are akin thereto, the mind or understanding languisheth, and becometh destroyed. And Rabbah answered and said unto him, It is because we are not perfectly skilled in the performance of these things, and because we are not so thoroughly acquainted with all the mind and vague thoughts of the devils, that we are able, through the power of the sight of the soul, to recognize in quiet contemplation the advent of him who causeth us vexation, and who watcheth that he may be able to gather together the outpouring of such like thoughts. Therefore, every day and every hour, it is the portion of the soul to watch, and we must pour out upon it, like oil, the fear of God, that is to say, the efficacious performance of work, and the lamp which will enable us to see the things which are falling upon us in the healing of the mind, 
whosoever then will not be strenuous will come to anger and wrath and ill-temper and to each of the passions which lead us on to wickedness and the soul will see and will depart to that incorporeal country and it will make the mind to hold in contempt the things which are wrought by the devils and will compel it to trample underfoot serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy chapter nineteen of how unclean and contemptible in the sight of rabbah was the man who toiled with the labor of his hands for the sake of vainglory on one occasion when rabbah was sitting with a number of the other brethren in a certain place in the monastery he was told that one of the monks in the monastery used to make two mats of plaited palm leaves daily and that day he placed them in front of his cell opposite the place where rabbah was then sitting with the brethren now he did this because he was unduly exalted with the thought of vainglory and he believed that he would be praised for such assiduity, because the rule of the fathers was that each monk should make one mat daily and rabbah perceived that the monk did this for the purpose of making a display and he understood the intention which was stirring in the man and moving him and he sighed heavily and said unto the brethren who were sitting with him see ye this man who toileth from morning to evening he hath endowed satan with all his labor and has left nothing whatsoever of his work for the comfort of his own soul he hath toiled overmuch for the praise of the children of men and he hath not worn out his body with all this work for the sake of god and his soul is empty of work through the pleasure of him that doeth it for he hath loved the praise of men more than the praise of god then he called that brother and rebuked him and charged him to stand up behind the brethren when they were praying and to hold the two mats and to say to them my brethren i beseech you to pray for my degraded soul in order that through your prayers god may show abundant mercy to it for i have held these mats in greater honor than his kingdom and he also commanded that the man should stand up with the mats among the brethren when they were sitting at meat until they rose up from the table and he commanded likewise that after this he should be confined to his cell for a period of five months and should make two mats daily and should eat bread and salt only and that no man should visit him chapter twenty of a certain monk who belonged to the monastery now before we bring this history to a close we are obligated to mention in addition to those of whom we have already spoken another holy monk who was thoroughly trained in the spiritual excellence of the brethren so that we may narrate a few of the things which were wrought by him for edification this brother of blessed memory because he was afflicted in his body had a cell separate from the brethren he lived upon bread and salt only and he used to make one mat of plaited palm leaves each day and it would happen often when he was plaiting the ropes which were being used in making the mats that his hands would become covered with blood and they were so full of wounds caused by the reeds that the very mats which he was making were wetted with blood but although he suffered from such a weakness as this he never turned away from the congregation of the brethren and he never lay down to sleep in the daytime until the end of his life and it was his habit every night before he lay down to sleep to repeat some portion of the scriptures and then he would go to sleep until they beat the board to summon the congregation to the service of the night now on one occasion a certain brother went to him and seeing that his hands were covered with blood through plaiting mats he said unto him 
Why dost thou work and toil in this manner, seeing that thou art so seriously ill? Thinkest thou that thou wouldest not obtain permission not to work and to be idle from God? God knoweth that thou art sick, and no man who hath thy complaint hath ever worked. We feed and take care of strangers and poor folk, and are we not in duty bound to minister unto thy wants? Thou who art one of us, and art so holy a man, with all our soul and with the greatest joy and gladness. And the monk said unto him, It is impossible for me not to work. And the brother replied, If it pleaseth thee to act thus, at least anoint thy hands with oil at eventide, for thou wilt not become as weary as thou art now, and thou wilt not become covered with blood. And the monk hearkened unto that brother, and anointed his hands with oil, even as he had told him to do. Yet because they were tender, they were grievously chaffed and cut, and torn by the sharp reeds or palm grass. Then Rabbah himself went to visit him in his cell, and said unto him, Thinkest thou, O Theodore, that the oil had any beneficial effect upon thee? Who forced thee to work? Didst thou not place thy hope of being healed rather upon the operation of the oil than upon God? Peradventure, was not thy God able to heal thee? Yet when he saw that thou wast ordering help for thyself, he left thee to fall into this pain. Then the monk answered and said unto Rabbah, O father, I have sinned against God, and I give thanks, and I entreat thee that God may forgive me this sin. And according to what those fathers who were with him said, he passed a full year in mourning for this act of folly, and he ate once every two days. And at the beginning of the period wherein this man began to gain strength considerably, Rabbah was in the habit of sending him to every monastery that he might be both the foundation and the type of all the brethren, because he endured the cruel weakness of that disease with such patience. Here endeth the history of the followers of Pacomius, which is called in Greek the Astikon of the followers of Pacomius. Further remarks by the writer Palladius. Now therefore, though I must here add a few remarks about my beloved brother, who hath lived with me from my youth up until this day, I will make an end to my discourse in the haven of silence. It is indeed a very long time since I first knew this man, who is worthy of blessings, and I never knew him either to eat or to fast with desire and in my opinion he overcame also the lust for possessions, and especially the passion for empty praise, and that which was his own was sufficient for him. He never arrayed himself in fine and costly apparel, but being made contemptible he received acts of grace, and in return for God's true mercy he continued thus even unto death. And this man accepted the temptation of devils a thousand times when they rose up against him, and at length one day a certain devil pressed him, and said unto him, Agree thou with me for one day only, and commit sin only once. And any woman that thou shalt mention in this world I will bring unto thee. And on another occasion that devil strove with him for fourteen nights, even as he himself told me. And he used to kick him with his feet in the night season, and say unto him, do not worship Christ, and I will never come near thee again. And he answered and said unto him, It is for this very reason that I worship him, and I confess him and glorify him ten thousand times, 
because thou art vexed thereby, and thou reelest away, and dost tremble before him. In his coming in and going out, he walked through one hundred and six cities several times, and in the greater number of them he tarried for some time. By the grace and mercy of Christ, he never knew the temptation of a woman, not even in a dream, except in his warfare against fornication. And I know that he received food from an angel thrice. One day he was in a parched desert, and had not upon him a morsel of bread, and he found three cakes of bread in his cloak. Another time when he lacked food, an angel appeared unto him in a vision, and said unto him, Go, and take wheat and oil from such and such a man. And thereupon there came to him the man from whom the angel had commanded him to take wheat and oil, and said unto him, Art thou such and such a man? And he said unto him, Yea, I am. And the man said, A certain one hath told thee to take thirty bushels of wheat from me, and twelve boxes of oil. Now over a matter of this kind, for such was his nature, he would boast. And I know that on very many occasions he used to weep over people who were in straits and difficulties, and who were living in poverty, and he would give them whatsoever he possessed, with the exception of his body only, which he was unable to give. Now I have seen him very many times weeping over a man who had been caught in a snare, and had fallen into sin, but through his tears he made him to become penitent, and to repent of his sin. This brother swore unto me once, saying, I made supplication unto God that I would never make myself pleasing unto any man, especially the rich folk of the world, and the liars, lest they might give me whatsoever I had need of. Now it is sufficient for me that I have been held worthy to set down completely in writing, and to make mention of the man who, by the grace of God, was able to make perfect all these things. Behold the summary of the contents of the book hath been written above. Here endeth the second part of the histories of the Holy Fathers, which were compiled by the blessed Bishop Palladius, and dedicated to Lausius the Prefect. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, forever. Amen. End of chapters 15 through 20. End of the Paradise or Garden of the Holy Fathers. The Rule of Pacomius at Tabena by Palladius. Translated by E. A. Wallace Budge.